for myself, um, you know, kind of grew up in the, the Midwest. Um, post school, I was a consultant at, at McKinsey and Company. Um, then had a career uh, in the hedge fund world, trading kind of public equities, making long-term bets on all these public companies in uh, software, technology, healthcare. Um, started to uh, dig in on you know how all these companies become so great in technology, but then also looking earlier at private companies to try to spot the next big innovations. Um, over the last kind of two and a half years, I've been an investor here at a, a fund called Bill Capital or multi-stage investment firm, um, invest across all different areas uh, in terms of technology-enabled sectors. And uh, we have a separate kind of piece where we incubate some businesses as well. So um, just through investing technology, uh, got really deep into applied AI several years ago, looking at how it applies to different sectors, ranging from healthcare to consumer to logistics. And, um, you know, just, as a user myself, uh, as soon as kind of ChatGPT came out and it was more uh, uh, widely available, I've been using it for trying to integrate it with all of my workflows at work and have found a bunch of really interesting use cases. Um, and then now, uh, over the last couple of months, uh, the emergence of my companions basically was, was able to work with a couple of folks, um, a CTO, and then my other co-founder, the three of us kind of saw a big hole in terms of a gap in the market where the creator economy has just been taking off now for a number of years and, and there's no signs of slowing growth. But when it comes to AI enabled tools to help creators, there weren't many out there. Um, so we strive to be the preeminent uh, AI enabled uh, creator company, drawing upon a lot of our past experiences working in technology but also in the creator space. And then uh, you do have a project out called mycompanions.ai. Uh, can you just tell me a little bit about that? What's your role? And then uh, what's for the average person, what's the project look like? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I, I helped uh, uh, launch this company with two other uh, friends of mine. Um, and, uh, you know, we're, we're about uh, two, three months in now. So it's, it's very, uh, we haven't been working on it a lot. We haven't been working on it a long time, but we've seen immense traction already, which has been super exciting for us. And basically what it is, is um, it's AI enabled uh, kind of creator co-pilot. Um, our initial product is a uh, AI enabled messenger. So we're tackling this issue where influencers, uh, especially larger ones, have hundreds of thousands, millions of followers. It's very hard to have one-to-one uh, -one conversations. And newer platforms like Patreon have helped try to address that by putting paywalls, but also it's still very difficult. So what we have created is we use AI to amplify these conversations to where through our platform, which is currently Telegram based, creators can go on and basically message their fans one-on-one, -on -one, but then the AI can come in and out seamlessly to amplify the reach of their conversations to where at any given point, a creator can be messaging thousands of their fans in a very personalized way. And that's based on how we train the models um, to basically mimic their likeness, their voice, uh, their interests. And we're constantly improving the model based on the topics that matter to the creator and what they want to share with their fans. Interesting. So uh, what does a conversation look like with one of these AI influencers? What kind of stuff am I, or can we talk about? Uh, can you just walk me through what does the conversation look like? Is it like I'm talking to kind of like a chat bot? Yeah, for sure. So um, you know, these are all, uh, I would say, 
real influencers. So we don't have any, we, we basically don't have any like full AI influencers. Most of our uh, influencers are fully real people um, that want to just talk to more of their fans. I'd say when it comes to conversations, we are very, very focused on the creator influencer in terms of um, topics that they want to talk about, topics that are totally off limits. We, as part of the onboarding process, we train the model to basically censor anything that want to censor. So uh, the typical conversation is kind of what you would expect, right? So it's uh, fans talking about a creator's life, um, their work, uh, you know, photo shoots, travel, food. Like these are very popular topics that users like to ask creators about to get a snapshot into their life. Creators are able to send uh, photos from like a photo shoot, for example, behind the scenes stuff to their fans as well. Uh, we have a tipping feature, it's all automated using AI. Um, and uh, yeah, fans have a lot of fun with it. Um, and they're constantly getting kind of new information that isn't anywhere else. Awesome. So is it, so say if like, Taylor Swift wanted to go on here and, you know, talk to have an AI Taylor Swift. Is that sort of how it is? Like it's a alternate AI personality based on their background and experience and, you know, anything that they've done in the past and the AI learns about them and then like talks like they're the celebrity. Is that, is that how it works? Yeah. The goal is to be as close to a mimic of, in your case, Taylor Swift as possible, whether it's a voice, how they respond to messages, even their tones and intonations and how they like to type in a chat, okay. um, all of the above, right? And we're, it's constantly getting better. We're constantly uh, feeding in new experiences from the influencer. But uh, like, you know, it's a, a, large, a decent percentage of the time, it's the actual influencer going in and messaging these people. It just, and, and that adds to the context, right? But it just so happens that uh, they can turn AI on and off and then when they turn AI on, AI can just carry out the rest of the conversation. So that way the influencer gets a lot more leverage in terms of how much they can amplify their conversations with the time that's very valuable for them. Would the end user know when that's turned on and off? No, it's very seamless. And that's, I would say, proprietary to our company. We've developed our AI models such that it's a seamless transition between the human and the AI. And we flag that, right? We, we say it's an AI-enabled uh, companions who are talking to the person or to the person's AI that is an exact replica of the person. Okay, cool. So if you're talking to Taylor Swift, the real Taylor Swift, will you will you know that you're talking to the real one or the AI one? Like you, you can, it sounds like you can uh, flip a switch if you're the influencer. But on the does the end user know if they're talking to the real person or the AI person? Sometimes, Sometimes. it's a little complicated, but they yeah. there's there are ways to tell. But I think to the traditional user, it's um, you know. They, they care less about whether it's AI or person, as long as they know that they are learning about their fav you know, favorite influencer or creator. Yeah, I don't even think it really matters. It's just interesting to see, you know, I, like we, we, the same topic keeps coming up and up every time we uh, talk to someone new is, does the people, are people really going to care if they're ta talking to the real person or the AI person in terms of anything, influencers, customer service? As long as the quality of the content's good, that's really what people care most about. So it doesn't even matter if they're talking to the real, you know, Taylor Swift in this example or the AI version. As long as the, you know, the content's engaging, that's all that really matters in the long run. Yeah, we agree with that. And I think it's, um, we've done a lot of work to make the, the, the kind of how we push notifications and messages and photos to make it as engaging as possible. Because what we've actually found amongst our, our you know, users in this market is there's a lot of passive folks that are kind of more introverted than extroverted. So as a result, 
um, in our products, we do a lot of work to try to proactively push conversation. Very cool. I was wondering, uh, just from a, like an ethical standpoint, if I was like an influencer and I'm trying to think like, I'm trying to put myself in their shoes using this, pro this, uh, this platform, I'm thinking, do you have any people who are a little concerned because maybe their AI companion might say something that they wouldn't want them to say, you know, some like ethical concerns that maybe yeah. somebody screenshots, oh, look what, look what this celebrity said. And they're like, well, actually, I didn't say that sort of thing. Right. Is there those yeah. sort of concerns and how do you deal with that? Yeah, so that's a concern to take very seriously and is very much at the forefront of our business um, because at the end of the day, we're an influencer-led business. So if influencers are happy, then we don't have a business. So the way we address that is we are very sensitive during the onboarding process to understand kind of topics that are, you know, like topics that are um, off topic. And every influencer gives us a list. We have a suggested list of a bunch of things and they kind of check through what is kind of okay versus not okay. But to just give you a sense, like several of our influencers don't want their bot to talk about politics, religion, um like sensitive topics like that and we train the model such that if anyone asks a question like oh what do you think about religion the bot automatically just says sorry you know i can't talk about that kind of thing instead let's talk about how your day is going like it it, it fits very seamlessly um and you know we're, we're constantly like monitoring the ai to ensure that it doesn't ever go out of bounds it feels like it's going to be the, that's going to be the new thing is like if you posted something on twitter you didn't like before x.com now you could just say, oh, my account was hacked. Well, maybe the new things just be like, well, my AI bot said it for me. <laughs> so. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's why AI security is, I think, going to be a huge deal. And I think a lot of these cybersecurity companies have a huge tailwind. It, like, like, for example, even we haven't gotten to photos yet, but like AI-generated photos, uh, which, we, you know, we have on the roadmap for a lot of our real influencers, but we haven't integrated yet. But like, it's, it's getting very hard to tell if something's real or fake, right? So you have to monitor that. For sure. How are you looking to integrate the photos? Like, are they going to be posting like, like, let's say like Snapchat, like you're, you're sending them snapshots of like what they're doing and stuff like that. Is that what you're envisioning? Yeah. So we already do that. Um, you know, as part of the proactive work we do every couple of days, we gather from the creator a sense of what their life is, what they're doing. And then we will proactively send a photo through the interface through Telegram to their fans. And it's oftentimes a free photo. Sometimes it'll be like, okay, tip, and then you can see the photo or you buy a photo. Um, but we integrate that pretty seamlessly. And typically we paint a narrative around each photo. And that's like the power of AI, right? Because if you just have like a paywall uh, platform that doesn't have AI, you can send a photo, people can buy the photo. But what we're able to do is paint a picture, a narrative around each photo. So if you have, uh, for example, one of our influencers, you know, um, had a uh, runway photo shoot. She's a model. And we can send uh, a back behind the scenes photo of that photo shoot. And then we can paint a narrative around how the photo shoot went, what was it, what were the challenges. And then it's like a very engaging conversation led by that photo. And that's where uh, the power of AI comes in. And how does the conversation end? Do they just continually talk to the influencer or is there an ending point to it? Yeah, so we have... Uh, users that joined the first or second week that are still going strong 10, 12 weeks later as a subscriber. And, uh, you know, how we have it set up is um, there are many users we see that are talking on our platform uh, hour plus a day. And they're always coming back, trying to find new topics to talk about, helping um, kind of discover new areas, frankly, 
that that within our model. Um, so I would say there's a strong cohort of people that are continuously coming back and in, interacting with the influencer. Um, influencers love that because you know that's their most loyal fans. They want to understand what they care about, so they can post more of that content. Oftentimes, those are also the highest spending people. And then, how does it look like? Say, if you're an influencer, you go on my companions, and you and you you have people talk to your AI personality. Like, obviously, the influencer is not doing that. They're not talking to them, and, but they can, like you said. But is there a time at the end of the day if the influencer wants to come back and see all those conversations? Is that something that's private um, for the end user? Or can, you know, the influencer see all those conversations throughout the day of all their fans? Our mission from uh, Influencer Copilot is that, like, it's the influencer's tool. We're just okay. creating the software for them, right? We use REI Health Monitor Privacy and all of that, but it's it's them talking to their fans, whether it's AI or themselves. So they'll be able to uh, access their own dashboards and their conversations. And they can come in and message or they can leave it to AI and kind of see how that's going. So they could, like if they find a really cool conversation, you know, in the midst of all the all the conversations throughout the day, can they go on and message that person directly and say, hey, I saw my AI bot was talking to you. This is a really cool conversation. I'd like to take it a little farther. Yeah, absolutely. And the AI, uh, like I mentioned, there's a very seamless transition back and forth. Um, and oftentimes it's like a really pleasant surprise for a fan if they can get a sense, like, let's get a sense that, oh, wow, this is like, you know, feels like the person's really pushing it forward. Like the, the, the user loves that too. Um, so it's a, it's really a win-win. Yeah. You talked about uh, pushing it forward. What are some ways that they do that? It's just like asking the user about their experiences and their day or what their opinions are on different things. Yeah, so oftentimes it'll be like adding color to a conversation that the AI didn't know before. So the example of someone, an influencer doing a photo shoot, you know, we'll, we'll try our best to amplify that conversation that they would have with the fan about how the photo shoot went, what were some challenges, what were they doing after? But then the influencer can pop in and just be like, hey, you know, this is what happened during the photo shoot, this is how I felt. and uh, I'd love to hear what you think about this, given you know X, Y, Z that I know about you based on my conversation previously. So they kind of learn about the the fans too, in some way. Correct, and and I think that's a big challenge today. Without like before AI, is that like it, whether it's Instagram or TikTok, like people get very little data from their fans. That's uh, what their fans want to see. Um, it's very much like a, a retrospective that they might do, but what we are able to do is flip it on its head and make it a full proactive experience and say, hey, these are live conversations. This is what people want. You know, this is how you should uh, think about what is, uh, what depends on your objective. You just want greater engagement. These are topics that people care about. If you want monetization, this is what people are willing to pay for. So what kind of integrations do you have right now? What, what kind of platforms can they use this on? Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, we're, we're only a couple months old. So our main platform now is Telegram and it's a Telegram based bot. Um, and we have uh, tools that we've built out proprietary on the back end to allow the co-pilot features for the influencer to come in. So we have like dashboards, we have mess uh, like our internal messaging apps where people can come in and turn AI on and off. But for the user right now, it all shows through through, through Telegram. Um, actively in the roadmap, we're adding kind of additional integrations. So all the big platforms like Patreon we're working on, um, and then we're trying to navigate through like Instagram, um, uh, et cetera, uh, even SMS texting. But, you know, Telegram we started with because it's a massive community. And frankly, uh, it's, a, it's a relevant community for, for what we're doing. Um, and also just 
technology is great in terms of building our application on top of them. Awesome. And right now there is a there is a demo on your website that you that people can go and check out that will take you to Telegram and you can check out this tool right now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've been live for two months. We're like not just a demo. Like we have uh, you know 15, 20 influencers live. Uh, that many thousands of users already. Um, it's uh, it's you know very much live and well. How did you get these influencers? I'm just curious. Like, did you market, or do you guys know people um, through through the finance end of things? Most of it's um, our personal network. So okay. my co-founder uh, Maggie, she's kind of an influencer herself, and has been for many years. So it just makes it a lot easier uh, for her to initially onboard her friends, um, okay. and then from there, uh, it's been spreading very fast word of mouth. So an influencer comes on, has good experience, can see stable recurring revenue, and then they'll typically refer their friends. And we launched this referral program. So basically any influencer or anyone, if they refer someone that joins our platform, gets 5% of their earnings into perpetuity. So it's a, it's a great deal that we're offering to anyone to try to capture this network. Awesome. And I think it like people just think of influencers, but you can also use this, and correct me if I'm wrong, but as a tool, like as a mentorship, right? Like if you're a, an experienced carpenter or like an experienced computer programmer and you want to consult people, well, you could sort of use this as a as a consulting device where you don't have to teach people, but your AI bot could be there for you, teaching for you. Absolutely. No, you're absolutely right. There's so many different use cases, and we've been um, thinking about this a lot, right? So, like right now, a lot of it's just conversation based, and we have kind of this niche of Asian female focused influencers. We're actively onboarding other folks, like food influencers, um, talk about different food, and we actually train the model to have personalized recommendations by city and all these different things, wine influencers, um, adding in, you know, uh, like self-love type influencers. So not to the extent of like full on therapy, but just like someone that you can talk to in the morning that's like pumps you up and is like, like Hunter Ryan, you guys are amazing. Like, let's have a killer day. Like go, go crush it. Like stuff like that. I think everybody needs that, especially in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask a question, uh, to take things a little bit behind the scenes. Obviously, it seems like there's a lot of, I mean, not maybe not in, in duration, but there's a lot of uh, AI tech, technology behind the training system. It seems like that's very deliberate. Can you talk to us a little bit about what that training looks like for the influencer when they're getting onboarded? Yeah, sure. So um, basically how we do it is we break it into voice and kind of textual context. So when it comes to the voice side, we get as much audio of the influencers as possible. And oftentimes we, we have our own kind of proprietary scripts that we ask influencers to say, uh, to capture all the intonations and tones and accents and things like that. <laughs> and then when it comes to the contextual stuff, uh, we have, again, a script of hundreds of questions that we have influencers fill out um, that we create a narrative around to try to make it as close to their personality as possible. And then the process of actually training the model, you know, takes a long time for each influencer. It's, it's, you know, week to two weeks of effort on our engineering team to wow. go train the model, to sound like the person, to feel like the person, to respond how they like the person would, um, and to have the contextual details that the influencer wants, but then the ones that they don't want. Um, so that's a little bit behind the training process. Now, I think what's really interesting is as all these AI models have come out, um, like open AI, Mistral, like there's so many of these now where we like to position ourselves is kind of be like the middleware layer where we can work across all the different existing foundational models depending on the topic and the use case and kind of the situation. Because it's a balance of like 
which model has a better context and can kind of deliver better results, but also there's actually big price differences between the models. Um, so we try to optimize for that. So do you, do you sort of pick which model you're going to use during the conversations or is it depending on the influencer that, you know, the topic they're bringing up? Yeah. So it's a little bit of both. Um, like we typically have like a base model that's like a, a like the default for each mm -hmm. bot that we put out um, based on kind of situation and conversations. But then uh, we've been adding in this feature where you can flex between models um, based on uh, cost and quality. Cool. And um, is it right now? Is it like if an influencer wants to, you know, sign up, give you guys a try? What's the process like? Is it something? It sounds like it's more of a, cons a consultation right now between a, a live person, or is it something they can go on the website and do that right now and fill out all these, uh, fill out all these question questions and answers online? Yeah. So sign up is actually very seamless, and we're making it increasingly more seamless for an influencer. You know, they can do their end of it in as little as like 20, 30 minutes. Okay. Um, basically, uh, you go on the website, uh, submit a request. We'll send you kind of a, a onboarding pack, and then all you need to give us is one, um, a clip of your voice saying uh, the script that we'll send you, and then two, to fill out the questionnaire, right? And then of course, give us approval to basically use your digital likeness, um, as well as uh, uh, photos and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, and then that's it, right? And then um, we take a bit of our time for our engineering team to, to fully vet and, and create the bot. We send it back to the influencer for testing. Usually they'll test it for a couple hours or a day, give us their approval, and then we do a joint launch. And then um, once it's launched, the, the influencer has full control over everything because it's a co-pilot. And it's, there, there is a price for this, I'm sure, right? I don't, I, how does that pricing work? Is it based on like a monthly fee for the end user to talk to these influencers? And can the influencers set the price as well? How does, it, how does pricing work? For sure. So uh, for the user, uh, it's, there's kind of two monetization mechanisms. One is a subscription. So right now it's about 250 a week. Um, so what is that? $10 a month uh, to, to talk to the influencer, basically, um, you know, close to unlimited messages uh, per week, uh, voice, text, they'll receive some you know, free photos. Um, so that's one. Two is photos slash tipping. Um, you know, we see a lot of revenue from users asking for uh, basically pushing photos, back behind the scenes type photos of influencers um, that they tip to receive. So uh, that's the monetization model. It's, it's worked very well for us so far. Um, we have a free tier where basically for free, you can talk to these influencers and you get a set number of messages. Um, and then, yeah, on the influencer side, it costs nothing to get started. Uh, it's very easy onboarding. You get kind of recurring revenue paid out and then we just do a rev share. Uh, I, I think I think this is really going to take off. We do I do uh, YouTube videos um, on interesting stuff as well uh, in the AI space, and you know when I do my research, it's always I always go on YouTube and find out what's the most trending thing. And things like AI girlfriends, AI companions are always like super hot topics on YouTube. So it feels like this niche niche is really going to start taking off. Um, what do you feel about? companions and AI girlfriends and things like that, because it really seems we're being pushed in that direction where instead of talking to someone human, you might just have your best friend AI person that you talk to instead because yeah, you know, they know more about you and you actually like, like speaking with AI rather than a human being. Our, our company position is very much like we want to enable real people to amplify conversations with their existing fan bases. 
which is a very like quite is which is complementary but actually very different from a lot of these like AI fully fake avatars that people create, AI girlfriends, AI companions. Uh-huh. Um, and the reason for us um, actually is we believe that a like an image of a real person will always feel more authentic and there'll be more meaningful conversations than like these AI models can get to, especially in the near to medium term. And the ability for a real person to have a personality, emotions, identifying to connect with the user, to share authentic images, even if it's augmented by AI, um, we just believe uh, has enormous growth potential. And, and frankly, is uh, much less competitive for us, right? So like, if you just talk about the avatars, it's a low, <laughs> much lower barrier to entry because anyone can just spin off an anime person and, and, and push it to a u- user base on whatever forums or do paid ads. But to actually create these profiles of real life influencers and to have, in our opinion, this co-pilot technology, that's like massive and is a much bigger market right now because um, we're basically taking share from all the guys like Patreon. And the, the cool thing is, like you said, you mentioned you're going to eventually be able to do text messaging and, and direct messaging and stuff like that. So once that kicks in, that will be really, that will, that will feel real to the end user, you know, more than, I'm not saying Telegram is bad. It's a great, uh, great platform. Uh, but once you get to that point, it's going to be really cool. It's going to be very interesting uh, to see what happens to influencers themselves, the human influencer, because, you know, the trend that we see with a lot of AI projects is that it's taking care of kind of the mundane tasks or the tasks that people don't really have time to get to. And in this case, it's kind of spending more time talking to fans. And so I wonder uh, what this is going to free the human influencers up to do, you know, what, what they're going to be able to do next. I mean, I think from our and, and we've been working with a bunch of these influencers now that have we freed up a lot of their time. And I think it comes down to doing what they love doing, which is creating content, um, looking at brand partnerships, all these other functions that an influencer has. And then they create a cycle because the more content they create, the more we can feed through AI, create narratives around, push to their fans, get feed, we get feedback from their fans and what they want to see. Right. And then the influencer has more time to actually create that content. And then it's just like a, it's a great uh, flywheel. What's the feedback you get from the influencers, uh, you know, that they give you positively that they say, Hey, this tool, I didn't even think it was going to be able to do this, but it's done this for me. Is there anything in particular that you guys didn't foresee happening with these influencers that, that your tools helped help them with? Yeah, for sure. I think, um, like, like coming in, I, I knew that these tools would help better engage your user base, but I think what's been pleasantly surprising is that we've been able to extract uh, a base of super fans. And if you look at relevant industries, whether it's video games or dating apps or, or casinos, entertainment, uh, so you always have this like whale effect where like five or 10% of people drive like 80% of revenue for a lot of these companies. What we've been able to do with AI is very much finally tease out, understand and satisfy these super fans in a way that basically wasn't possible before. That's an incredible insight uh, because you're totally right. I mean, if you think about it, these super fans are driving everything for these influencers. I mean, like for me, I'm not a big celebrity person. When I see celebrities, I mean, if I, I'm just like, oh, you know, that's cool, whatever. But then there, there are these people that it's like they got the posters on the wall. They got anything that comes out about this celebrity, anything that comes out about this influencer, I'm all over it. I'm going to buy all their content. So if you're able to create more content and please those sort of people, uh, it's going to be a lot more lucrative for you. So yeah, I mean, I, that's just that's an incredible insight. Yeah, no, we we totally agree, right? And then we 
have uh, our technology signals to where if it's a super VIP engaged user, we give them like white glove service. So the influencer always prioritize them, right? They get a lot more live conversations, most behind the scenes stuff um, and, and, and anything in between. So is it possible for like, say, super fans or any fans that are using My Companion um, AI, My Companion's AI, is it possible for the influencer to be like, well, in certain situations, post a link for me to my new product, you know, for sale. So you can sort of sell in the Telegram um, chats as well without the end user, with it feeling natural. Yeah, totally. So actually the, the um, feature that we've been working on um, to do exactly that is kind of gifting. So it'll okay. actually link up to products that an influencer will have on their wish list or brands that they want to push. So right now, you, you're in any conversation, you can buy a photo, get a whole narrative around the photo. But what we're pushing out shortly is ability to say, you know, hey, we're uh, at a restaurant together and it's this restaurant, it's my favorite restaurant. Uh, this is why I love ordering from here, right? And uh, a fan would get that, the brand gets the exposure or the influencer could say, this is my favorite hair product. And then we could push out a direct link to that product or even the fan could tip such that the influencer can buy the product themselves. Even if it's not their product, it could be like an affiliate link or something like that where they're making money. Totally. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. And just think about like the power of AI to push that. Like what's really changed the game with AI is the, the ability to push all of that stuff in context where intent is much higher. For sure, for sure. Like if you're, if you know, you're just, if you're, if you know you're being sold to, you're probably not going to buy it. But if it just feels natural, like, heck yeah. I mean, the, the, the sales rate's probably going to go through the roof. So that's awesome. Exactly. Exactly. And what about the, um, like, uh, share as much as you are willing to, but the, your tech stack, like, how does it work for someone that's more technical? Um, like, are you, you're, you mentioned that you're talking to LLMs, are you using ChatGPT and Mistral? And like, what's the behind the scenes and how is it working? You, you also mentioned you have a engineering team working on, um, you know, training the models. Can you give us yeah. a little insight on how that's done? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, um, we, we run everything through kind of Azure, like we love Microsoft as a stack. So we use all of their tools, especially on the database side of things. Um, on the foundational models, like I said, we've, you know, used all of them, uh, OpenAI, Mistro, et cetera. Uh, we use different ones for different bots. We kind of are able to alternate between them depending on situations. Um, you know, the front end is mostly Telegram based with uh, Stripe integration for payments. Um, and then when it comes to uh, the engineering team training and refining these models, a lot of it's like prompt engineering. So we're very good at crafting for each of these foundational models, the right prompt to develop the right types of conversations we want, but also fine tuning. So we take the data that comes out um, uh, that we, we see and we get feedback from for the influencers and consistently fine tune the model to have better conversations and uh, stick to your conversation. Got it. Cool. And um, in terms of like programming languages, are you using Python or, or things like that? Or, or what's what's that look like? Yeah, for sure. So uh, uh, mostly uh, Python based right now. Um, and then, you know, uh, the, there's little kind of front end, it's mostly Telegram based product. So, uh, you know, we just, our site is like a standard, you know, WordPress kind of thing. Are you looking to have a chat on a website as well one day or, or no? Yeah, we've thought about it. I think um, our priority right now is to do integrations with these big platforms um, that have a lot of traffic already, whether it's Instagram or Patreon or any of these others, as opposed to having this like embedded chat feature in our site. 
Well, I think we covered a lot about your product. Uh, back to how you got started in this. You have a financial background. Um, that's a whole nother realm in, in AI, AI and finance. But what made you get into this world? Is it just because you guys were investing in companies and sort of saw a an, uh, an opening here to to do this, or how did you get into the, this specifically? Yeah, I think that's right. Like we've um, looked at a lot of creator companies. Uh, to consider investing in, you know, I'm personally very interested in this trend now. Uh, we've implied in, uh, invest in a series of applied AI companies across industries. And, you know, my former consultant brand, I'm always trying to think of, okay, like what industries is AI going to disrupt next? And in a way that's like actually actionable and fast, because I think most industries can take a long time for stuff to propagate through. But then uh, through my work and just thinking and talking to a lot of experts, it was very evident to me that there were real pain points in this like influencer economy that AI can't address today based on where the state of the technology is with like GPT-4 and XYZ models out there. Sure. Yeah. I, I th uh, sometimes people get ahead of themselves and think ChatGPT Chat or GPT-4 or whatever LLM model out there can do anything and everything. And they can yeah. do a lot of stuff, but you know, some things it's not good at like video, you know, if it does video. And people promote that it does video, but it's not great right now. So it's like if you can stick with something that's that AI sort of or ChatGPT or these LLMs are made to do, like what you guys are yeah. doing, um, you know, it can be implemented right now. Yeah, yeah, no, we agree. And I've, you know, to have some context, like I've looked at other industries, like for example, AI for finance. Mm -hmm. um, like just go given my hedge fund background, right? That was one of my initial thoughts. It's like, can AI help me uh, do stock research? And AI helped me pick stocks. And I think that's just an industry where the uh, the standard in terms of how your level of accuracy that you need is like basically 100%. Like, like you can't just get a wrong like stock price, you can't get a wrong, you know, management team for a given company, right? Like it's just a, such a high bar that it just takes a little bit longer to adopt and requires a lot more upfront work. For us, right, the generative AI aspect is great because we just want relevant conversations. It doesn't have to be the same thing every time. And uh, it's, it's, you know, if it's accurate 95 or 99% of the time, that's fine. It doesn't have to be a hundred percent accurate kind mm -hmm. of thing. Um, so that's why we found this to be an amazing use case. And then we're just building all of our proprietary technology um, around it. So yeah, you bring up a good point. Like if you, if you, if your AI influencer, um, you know, tells your fan to, that they're dumb or something by accident through an hallucination it's not the end of the world i mean you're not losing ten thousand dollars on a stock trade so like stuff like that might happen but it's not uh you know you're you're, you're not going to lose money off of it so um very cool what what are your thoughts i'm fascinated by ai and finance because most people don't talk about it but what are your thoughts on ai being able to depict stocks and help people with our fi finances i know you mentioned it, that you know you sort of have to be right a lot more than wrong but yeah. how come we're not seeing a bunch of AI apps out there for finance or AI stock pickers? It seems like that is sort of the next thing that hasn't been, yeah, like, it hasn't been really like used yet. For sure. So, uh, you know, I've spent a lot of time thinking about this, exploring, building different products in this space. Actually, been putting out like data products. Actually, just given my background, and my view for this is. Um, there's a whole cohort of people that are trying to use like real-time AI to pick stocks and give just information. Mm -hmm. That is highly difficult because the second that an investment analyst sees something wrong, and if it repeats a few times, they're not going to use a product. Like why do people love Bloomberg? Cause it's like always right. 
Yeah. And it might not be, re- it's the, the, the price data is real time, but a lot of the more like qualitative data is not real time. It's been like QAQC by someone. So I think the, where AI will actually penetrate um, finance faster is to help with fundamental stock research to start um, okay. where you can use AI to basically run through 10 years of earnings transcripts and earnings calls and 10 Ks and 10 Qs and give like summaries on topics you care about, such as for the software company, what were the drivers of, you know, AR deceleration or acceleration? And they can pull out all of that quantitative ta- qualitative context that you can then map the quantitative numbers to, to give you, to basically accelerate uh, your, your learning process from days to minutes. And um yeah, so I, I think that's where AI is going to be adopted first in finance, like fundamental research and just extracting and summarizing like large amounts of information in a relevant way. Um, I think the more like AI to actually like, recommend stocks or to give you like definitive answers real time, like take some time. Yeah, but do you think do you think that's going to happen? It just seems to me as an end user, you know, I'm not, I've got a computer programming background, but I'm not a, a stock analyst at all. It seems like there's going to be a time where you're just going to be able to upload, you know, the hundreds of thousands of documents on financial data for, for stocks in the NASDAQ 100 per se, and say, analyze all this data, look at any kind of patterns, and then predict what the next day is going to be. It seems like that it, we're going to get to that point at some time. Do you think that's possible for AI to look at charts, for example, and say, find these patterns um, and then sort of predict what the next day or, or week is going to be? Yeah, so I think a lot of that actually exists just like behind closed doors and it's not okay. um, mainstream yet. Like these quant funds that a lot of my friends used to work at, like a Renaissance uh, Rentech, they've been embedded, whether it's predictive or generative AI into their processes for years. And that's exactly what they do, right? Like if this stock hits this barrier or this like uh, number, then what are the chances based on everything else you fed into the model that it like goes up versus down? Like these are all like, signals and, and kind of repetition that computers do automate a lot today. I just think that for it to get mainstream, it takes a little bit of time. And then even when it does get mainstream, I think there's a large number of investors that just won't ever feel comfortable putting money into a computer to do investments. Sure. When you put in, you know, a hundred thousand dollars of your savings and you wake up the next day and it's a 10,000 because AI did it, it's not going to look too good. you know. Yeah. 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 Exactly, exactly. But for it to help you learn about companies and stocks, like that's fantastic. Yeah, that might be a great gateway for people getting into AI and finance to like to research because totally. the research is totally. going to be phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I, I wanted to ask one more question about uh, back to the influencers. At least we've seen like uh, some companies reporting like eight thousand dollars a month, like AI influencers. And and when I say inf- AI influencers in this way, I'm talking like no humans involved. I mean, yeah, just uh, a purely AI account posting like deep fakes and, uh, you know, activity, like fake activities, whatever that the AI is doing. And they're generating like crazy revenue. Uh, what do you think this, what do you, I'm just gonna leave it open, I guess. What are yeah. your thoughts on this sort of thing? Yeah, so it's really interesting. Like I've seen um, a lot of those, I mean, I've, I've tracked all the major ones, like there's a Spanish agency out yeah. there now that just makes like eight deep eights of, of basically chicks um, that they put out to try to get Instagram following from guys and then uh, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> I think like there's segments of the market that'll make sense for, 
And I think that, uh, in my opinion, like these numbers seem inflated. And I think part of the reason why uh, the numbers are there is because there's like a innovative uh, kind of like a wow factor that's driving a lot of press and, and basically money. But then you think about like what happens down the road. Well, for someone to sustain an audience, they have to know about their audience, like have real personality, emotion, right? Like videos have to get better. Um, I think like photos alone, which is what a lot of these like AI influencers do today, won't last beyond this like near-term pop. And that's why like, for us, we're so focused on like real interaction, real engagement. Because um, in all of these businesses, what you'll see behind closed doors is that like you launch something like an AI influencer, you see some pop from a novelty factor, and then they typically like peter out. Like even if you look at, um, I, I've done many deep dives on Meta with Facebook, like they launched these, you know, AI influencers. For them, it was like real people, but it's on a co-pilot like we are. And you saw like a, a, a one-time peak and then like engagement just peters out. Yeah, I think there is a fascination with like, this is an AI personality account and people are just really in awe of that right now. I, I think that you're right to say that there is going to be some sort of wave that comes crashing in a bit to taper down people's awe of this AI buzzword and these AI personalities and things like that. Agreed, agreed. And, but we're still in this like, Hype cycle, man, which is uh, in a way really good for us because uh, we get to uh, you know talk with awesome people like you guys and share the word and just there's a still novelty factor. Yeah, we uh, will probably hit you know some kind of downturn in AI where everyone jumps off the bandwagon at some point. But if you can if you can get through that, I mean, right now it seems like that's impossible because the hype so the hype is so hot and real. But eventually there'll be a downturn, and you know. As long as builders like you guys keep building, uh, I think, you know, out the other end is going to come really awesome products that will last a long time. Um, and, you know, I sort of compare the hype to like when, remember when, you know, Instagram threads came out, like they were, they were yeah. supposed to take over Twitter. It's like sort of the same thing. It gets so hyped up uh, for the influencer. I'm talking in comparison to the influencers, uh, which Hunter just brought up. But those things get so much hype for a week or two and then they die off. And, you know, the real products. Are, are the ones that last. So, but, yeah. one, but one question I have for you is if, if, if AI influencers only sort of gain more traction and they become a real thing, that's something you guys could implement in your product too, if you wanted to, right? Is that something totally. that you're looking into? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's, uh, our, our product's fully modular now where, uh, we could push out a bunch of AI influencers. In fact, a bunch of these AI influencer agencies like reached out to us and were like, Hey, can we use like white label your tech for us? And we can use your co-pilot, uh, with our AI influencers huh. and the people that are the personalities behind them. You're having an AI influencer, have an AI, have an AI chat with somebody else. Like, well, you have an AI influencer and the person behind that influencer that created it, have the chat with their fan base, <laughs> right? Funny. Like you could do that on our platform, but. I just think that, and I actually have written a couple of blogs about this on our website that you can read, but I think this dynamic um, actually accelerates uh, the adoption of our business because influencers are now like feeling concerned because they see the rise of AI influencers and they're like, okay, are they going to steal my fan base? Are they going to steal my revenue? And uh, we're saying like, yeah, it's a real phenomenon. So as a real life influencer, real person, you need to enable, like you need to embrace these AI uh. tools that are there to help you kind of fight back in a way. Yeah, because that could be a, that's a differentiator between an AI influencer and a human influencer is a human influencer can do both. They can be AI and human to, to the end right. user. Or, yeah, very cool. Absolutely. I've been saying this 
over and over again. I'll keep harping this. Whatever industry you're in, you need to find how AI is influencing that industry. And if you're not leveraging AI in that industry, you're already way behind everybody else. Correct. Correct. That's so true. And I mean, that's why I'm telling my friends, like, just play around with ChatGPT, right? Try to integrate it into your daily workflow. Look at product hunts in the GPT store and just get a sense of what are the top trending products out there that uh, you could see some value in. Is there any cool AI tools that maybe someone doesn't know about that you use every day, Ray? I mean, I, I use ChatGPT to write a lot of content. Mm -hmm. uh, like if I'm drafting a partnership email with an agency or stuff like that, but that's all like pretty standard. There's this new tool that um, I've been exploring a bunch uh, that is like AI, like short form video generation, which I don't know, you guys might find interesting. Like I used to use like Final Cut Pro to generate my own videos. Okay. And this thing like basically automates all of that. So you just write your script and then it basically uh, layers on voice, text, um, and even like music and like video uh, to create like a 30 second short form video. Awesome. What's the name of the tool? If do you know offhand? Called um, InVideo. Yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, I think they have a G like the GPT store on ChatGPT. It's on the GPT store, but you yeah. can also use it directly on their website. Okay. So yeah, it's, it seems really cool. I've made a few videos off of it. I'm still trying to get comfortable around the tool, but you know, we we as my companions, we push out a lot of like uh, like content uh, mm -hmm. just to front of our brand, talk about how the product works, you know, talk to influencers about how uh, these AI tools are relevant in their lives. And um, I'm trying to see if I can use the same video tool to like help streamline those. For sure. So you could use that video to tool within my companions, maybe like through an API call or something. Yeah, 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 totally. Like, uh, you know, help edit videos of our influencers. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy. Like on, even on YouTube now for anything, if you go on, there's a lot of AI created content that you can just tell it's AI created, but it's really good. A lot of it's really good. It's more yeah. Yeah, my thing is, if it's good, like I'll watch it, you know? <laughs> it's like, who cares who made it, you know? But um, is there anything else that you want to promote, Ray, uh, in terms of, you know, any other projects you have or links or whatever? Now's the time to do it. Cool. No, I mean, I think uh, uh, my main message is like any influencers out there that are interested in just learning about AI, I'm very much happy to personally chat, whether it's, you know, there's an, my companion's product out there now or if it's just purely brainstorming. Um, you know, feel free to reach out to me and love to have conversations. I think we're seeing uh, a lot of early adopter creators start to just like bombard our inboxes as we've been getting out there now more publicly. Um, and uh, so, yeah, if, even if our tool today isn't what you're looking for, we're adding a bunch of stuff coming down the road. So like AI in terms of helping you negotiate brand partnerships, right? AI to uh, create collaborations with other influencers and to find those influencers. There's just, there's so much out there. and um, we have like an amazing tech stack and tech team. So we're just constantly innovating. Yeah. So that is at mycompanions.ai. You can check all that stuff out. Uh, and then, uh, be sure to subscribe to Ryan and I's weekday newsletter for i-ai.com. We've got the latest news updates, tools, community engagement, as well as the mystery link every single day. Then on Sunday, we're diving into, uh, developments and developers and some really interesting projects like this one. And then be sure to subscribe to Behind the Bots, where you can see more interesting conversations like these.